you're listening to the Telltale Channel. Don't forget to check me out on all social media, Patreon, Twitter, Teespring, and Etsy. All links can be found in the description or on my website, telltaleatheist.com. In this podcast, we're going to talk about an evangelical Trump ally, Pastor Robert Jeffress, and his ridiculous failed prophecies. Marjorie Taylor Greene's reputation being rehabilitated by the right. Let's talk about why she doesn't deserve it. Poor fools like Michelle Bachman and Trumpist pastor Todd Coconato facilitating each other's descent into madness. We also take voicemails. If you want to leave a voicemail, the number is 1-800-701-8573. I'm seeing a lot of occult, a lot of witchcraft, even students with pentagrams on their book bags. Um, I'm, I'm seeing that all over the state. I'm, I've heard about that when I was campaigning, but then I'm still seeing that. You know, the furry movement with the kids dressing up, in, in, you know, as other animals and identifying as an animal instead of as a human. It's paving the way for bestiality. Well, I've over... Whoa, okay, that took a sharp right turn. First of all, people identifying as animals, completely made up. This is something called Otherkin, and it's a 4chan meme. It was made up intentionally to make fun of people on the left. It's not real. People don't do this. Or if they do do it, then they're copying 4chan. This isn't something that trans people do or people on the left or any of that nonsense. And it's not opening anything up to anything. People just want to be free. That's all they want. People just want to dress in fur costumes because they liked it. You know, some people like doing that. You know what other people do? You know what some people like dressing up as? They like dressing up as shaman and prancing around the Capitol building in restricted areas. Some people enjoy doing that kind of thing, but you don't hear her criticizing him for that, now do you? This is Jacob Chansley. He was at the Capitol on January 6th, dressed in this getup, running around, rifling through desks, stealing stuff, wreaking havoc, and now he sits in jail. But what does she have to say about all that? Nothing. Radio silence. Surprised? Anyways, all she cares about is the trans community. She cares about destroying them at any cost, and apparently she categorizes furries in with the trans community. Like, who cares? Let people be who they are. What is her obsession with attacking other people? Anyway, this is Candace Taylor. I don't know if I mentioned. This is Candace Taylor. She is, or, or was, I'm sorry, she was a governor candidate, gubernatorial candidate, for Georgia back in 2022, I think, or maybe 2020. I don't remember which one. She lost. She got like 6% of the vote or some other thing. Embarrassing, terribly, but she decided to go on to do what most failed political candidates do, which is become a talk show host or get involved in the political scene by having conferences and Zoom calls and stuff like that with other nutter butters of varying quality. This one is Julie Green on the right. But yeah, these two people are absolutely unhinged from reality, both of them. Paving the way for bestiality. Well, I've overeaten. So talk about gluttony because I've overeaten and it's a sin. I wasn't actually going to say that. I mean, you're kind of drawing that attention onto yourself. I don't really care. You know why? Because of personal freedom. You're perfectly free to do whatever the f*** you want. And I'm not going to step in your way. Go nuts.
Okay, so if you're doing things that are a sin, if you've had premarital sex or if you have had thoughts of homosexuality or whatever you've had, we've all struggled with sin. We uh, we've noticed more. Look at this dude in the middle. Mike Lindell sitting here hugging a pillow the whole time. Anyways, God, these people are something else. The reason I bring this up is because I got a voicemail about it recently. Listen to what my uh, caller had to say here. Hey, Owen, you know, I'm watching your uh, Candace Taylor, the uh, the Georgia one, that's, uh, the Georgia uh, primary, that she got primaried out with the, uh, and. Uh, yeah, she was a gubernatorial candidate and she lost the primary against Brian Kemp. I think you, okay, I think the election was in 2022, but her primary took place in May 2022. That's what it was. She lost in like April or May or something like that. She's talking about furries. But, you know, she mentions that she's sinned by overeating. But, see, she's made up for it because she's got on the side of her truck, okay, Jesus first, of course, and she's smart enough to put guns before babies because... No joke. This is really her campaign bus. Seriously. This is Candace Taylor's campaign, campaign bus and her slogan, Jesus guns babies. That is just some right there. Put guns before babies because, of course, guns are more important than babies. So she has unsinned herself, so she's okay. Because, of course, guns are more important than babies, which is proved in this country how many times kids get shot in schools, but we keep the guns going. So she's That's a fair point. Absolutely. Going, so she's good. Jesus guns babies. As long as she keeps those priorities in that exact order, he'll be okay. <laughs> That's pretty funny, actually. I like that. That was really good. Yeah, I appreciate the phone call. I get a lot of phone calls from the guy, and he's really interesting. I can't play every one of them. There were a couple I wanted to play tonight, but, you know, limited to... A single voicemail from any given person per night. So anyway, yeah, thank you for the voicemails. Hi, Owen. My name's Jesse. I'm in Colorado. Um, really enjoy your show. Thank you for doing what you do. Uh, I'm looking at buying a house here in the next couple weeks, and it's directly across from a Jehovah's Witness Kingdom Hall. Um, I'm a gender nonconforming gay woman. And I was just wondering if you thought that was going to be, like, safe. Um, I'd appreciate an answer. Thanks so much. Bye. Well, you're perfectly free to identify yourself any way you want, but it, I, I'm wondering why you identified as gender nonconforming woman. I would have thought you would have just left it at gender nonconforming. I'm wondering if there was a reason for that. I don't know. Just wondering. Just uh, leave another voicemail if you have an answer. It's just sheer curiosity. Anyways, yeah, you don't have anything to worry about. Not with Jehovah's Witnesses. I define the word radical as somebody that is completely outside acceptable political discourse in a country or in a, a political district or whatever. So, for example, a communist would... I, I would consider a communist to be a radical because it's outside the Overton window. Not that I think it's a bad thing necessarily, I'm not a communist. I don't think communism is right, but I think I would classify it as radical just by the nature of being outside the political spectrum of acceptable discourse. An extremist is somebody that is willing to take violent action to accomplish their goals, I would say. Jehovah's Witnesses aren't really extremists in the sense that they're willing to take violent action against anybody. They're pacifists. 
they don't believe in violence under any circumstances, basically, uh, with very few exceptions. So you have nothing to worry about. They're just going to mind their own business, I'd be willing to bet. I mean, I have a lot of Jehovah's Witnesses that watch this channel, so if any other ex-Jehovah's Witnesses have any advice in the comments, please put it down below so that you can, you know, so that the list or so the voicemail caller can see what you have to say about it. But I think you're fine. I think you're going to be just fine. I would call Jehovah's Witnesses radicals, not extremists, I would say, J just by the simple fact that they're pacifists. Somebody in the chat says, as someone to the left of liberals, I guess I'm radical. Radical doesn't necessarily mean a bad... Radical isn't necessarily bad, in my opinion. Abolitionists, like slavery abolitionists, were radical in their day. That's okay. There is some bad radicalism and some good radicalism. You know, it's it's just being outside of standard, regular, traditional political discussion. And QAnons are radicals. They're nutcases. You know, Jehovah's Witnesses are radicals. Socialists are probably radicals, too. But it's not bad in their cases. So anyway, I don't know. Let me know what you guys think of that. Hi, Owen. I'm Liv from Minnesota. And why do Christians think that we have free will, but then, you know, yell at people or tell people that they're wrong for acting upon their free will, even though they say themselves that God give people that God gives people free free will to sin. I don't know, I just find that weird. Hope you have a great day. It's a really interesting hole you've found to poke. The answer is they're not actually in favor of free will. They don't actually believe in free will or any of that stuff. And FYI Free will is a religious concept, not a scientific concept anyways. The concept of free will is only ever brought up in religion, or specifically in Christianity, when they need an excuse for why God isn't just revealing himself to everybody. Like, why doesn't he just come out and say, hey, speaking to everyone's mind at the same time, hey guys, I'm real. I'm here. It's me. I'm Yahweh. I sent Jesus to earth to fix everything. This is the right denomination. That's the wrong denomination. Why doesn't he just do that? That would simplify everything. There is no good answer to that. So a lot of more radical Christians or more extremist Christians have come up with the idea of saying God has to respect people's free will. He can't force anybody to do anything. What? Of course he can. He's forced people to do stuff all, like, constantly throughout the Bible. It's all complete nonsense, all of it, beginning to end. And the, the only way that it works is if free will is a factor here. But as you can see, there are so many more problems that come along with the idea of free will. It's like they have these ideas over here and these ideas over there. Like, there are holes all over the place. And they keep patching those holes you know, here and there and there and there. But none of the solutions that they offer give a cohesive, overarching picture that can fit together. Like they all are, they're all kind of self-contradictory. It's the same problem with the flat earth ideas. Flat earthers can come up with problems and solutions that kind of fit those very specific situations, but they're not cohesive with each other. Like, they don't merge with each other. They conflict constantly. And that's the exact problem that you've found with uh, the, the f whole free will thing. Hey, Owen. It's Eric from Oregon. 
I've noticed whenever they interview someone for the Supreme Court justice or whatever, they always ask them how much of a role God plays in their ability to come to a decision. In my opinion, the only acceptable answer is none. With that in mind, what do you think are the most efficient steps that should be taken in order to separate religion from politics? And do you think if the separation was successful, that it would make a tremendous improvement that would trickle down to other systemically problematic areas? Or do you view it as a standalone issue within politics? Interesting question. Well, the thing is, the United States was founded as a secular country in the first place. If the laws that we have on the books to keep this a secular nation were actually being respected, I think we'd be okay. Unfortunately, they're not. Unfortunately, people like Robert Jeffress, Kenneth Copeland, Robin Bullock, I mean, all these televangelists set out to tread on them, to wreck the rules that are in place. And we have congressmen who are actually taking cues from and listening to the advice of televangelists. It is effectively a theocracy when religious leaders are writing the laws for us, which is what's happening in some situations, in some circumstances. It's not a theocracy. Like, we don't live in a theocracy right now. It, it's still a democracy, and it could conceivably come back. But when televangelists and religious leaders are writing the laws, it's a big problem. If the laws we have on the books about religion were respected— Organizations have to pay taxes if they endorse religious, uh, I'm sorry, if they endorse political candidates or if they bring up political topics, that's one that we could add to the list that isn't on there currently. They lose tax exempt status. I would love to see that done. No endorsement of any one specific religion by any government employees while they're on the clock. So teachers cannot endorse or support any specific religion over another. Keep religion off the lips of congressmen. I'm okay with them being pastors. That's fine with me. Raphael Warnock is a pastor. I believe he is a competent congressman. Or, I'm sorry, he's a senator. I believe he's a competent senator. Well, I guess senators are congressmen too, technically. And the reason is because he doesn't go out there talking about how his religious beliefs influence the bills that he passes. He doesn't let religious leaders or religious think tanks hand him bills that he's supposed to sign off on. He's not taking cues from religious leaders. If these laws were respected, the ones that are on the books now, or prosecuted in cases where they were trampled all over, we would be fine. It's just the people in positions of power that are expected to prosecute this stuff are also religious nutcases. We have to change the culture to fix this problem. Is it fixable? Maybe. I, I, I don't think this country's completely lost to Christian nationalism. I think it's conceivable that we could bring it back. But on that note, I do have to say we are in a much better position now than we've ever been in a lot of ways in this country. In World War I and World War II, you were thrown in prison for protesting wars, in some cases, in the United States. The Vietnam War was one of the first major wars that we took part in where people were not jailed en masse for protesting it in some ways. And now I, I feel perfectly free to say I don't want to go to war. I think war is bad. The Afghanistan war is bad. The Iraq war was bad. The Vietnam war was bad. Like You can say this stuff freely without worrying that you're going to be censored. So that's one of the major benefits of free speech and how far we've come. 
We've come a long way from where we once were in this country. You could be jailed for being accused of being communist. You could be burned at the stake for being a witch. No, we've come a long way. The right, the political right is trying to claw us back, but I don't think it's going to happen. We just have to keep fighting this everywhere we see it. That's all. Anyway, thank you for the voicemails, guys. I appreciate that. Fun fact, never turn your back on a tiger. They're ambush predators, and seeing a back triggers their hunting instincts. Oh, that's scary. Yeah, here's I actually weirdly read all about what to do if you encounter a bear this morning. I read about that <laughs> in New York. I live in New York City, and I read about this. If it's brown, lay down. If it's black, fight back. That's the answer. If it's a brown bear, it's probably a grizzly or a brown bear and is very tall, most likely, and has a shoulder hump, probably six feet tall. If so, it's not looking at you as prey. It's looking at you as a danger to its cubs, and you need to lay down and play dead. Get in the fetal position to protect your organs and put your hands behind your head and your elbows over your face like this to protect your eyes and your neck so it you know, doesn't bite at you or whatever. And put your legs up by your stomach to protect it from, you know, and pretend you're dead. As soon as it thinks you're dead, it'll walk away. But it might stick around for 20 minutes or so to see if you get up. So lay there for 20 minutes or so after it leaves. Pick up every bit of trash that you are using. Don't leave anything, even biodegradable stuff like banana peels. Leave nothing if you're in bear country. If it's a grizz or I'm sorry, if it's a black bear, they're usually a little smaller, about four feet tall. They don't have a hump on their back and they can be golden brown or black colored. You need to fight it. Actually take a weapon and hit it, stick a rock, anything, punch it in the face if possible. Uh, do not climb a tree. Do not run under any circumstances. They are faster than you and they climb better than you. So that's how you fight a bear. Just if you were wondering. I, I doubt anybody will ever need that information. There's a total of one death from bear attack per year. But I thought it was interesting. For those of you who don't know, I was in a de facto plane crash. It, it didn't actually crash, but it was an emergency landing. One of the scariest experiences of my life. I had to face death directly head on. I got footage of it. It's like a minute and 38 seconds long. Heads down, stay down. Down, stay down. This is actually causing stress in me to hear it again. That's how low we were flying for about 45 minutes before we landed. We were pretty close to the ground. I thought we were about to land in a cornfield. This is how low we would have been in the, the last three minutes of a flight normally. Heads down, stay down. Heads down, stay down. Heads down, stay down. Heads down, stay down. I didn't start recording until 30 minutes later because they announced about 45 minutes before we landed. They said, we ha we're preparing for an emergency landing. You need to be in the brace position. And then they came through, checked all of our seat belts. And then 10 minutes before the, f the plane landed, that's when they said... We're preparing for the landing. Get your heads down. Heads down, stay 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 down. 
I said it's not our day. Everybody was convinced that we were going to die, everybody. So I was pretty convinced that this is what was going to happen right here when they told us that the plane was about to go down. I was convinced that's what was going to happen. It was an incredibly disturbingly scary experience. Anyway, it was really scary stuff. And uh, yeah, that plane that we just saw fall, that was the result of, it was a, a cargo plane and it was carrying, I think, 12 two-ton vehicles or something. And one of them was not strapped down properly. And it flew to the back when the plane took off and ran right into the rear flight controls I think and the plane just lost control completely and just went down just like that I was very sure that that's what was going to happen to me and uh yeah it was deeply disturbing scary stuff curious what airline I was on um American Airlines I think American Airlines yeah I think it was American I fly different airlines because I use like Expedia. So they gave me like American on the way there, Delta on the way back. I think it was American. Chandler Sleziak, I'm glad that you were safe and made it out alive. Me too. It was genuinely, seriously scary stuff. I had a terminal illness when I was in my 20s. I survived it. I had a 40% chance of survival, which is good. But when you hear 40% chance of survival, you assume 0% chance of survival. And looking death in the face like that scarred me at the time. I feel like I'd just gotten over that. And here I am again, looking death in the face all over again. It's pretty scary stuff, man. People like Robert Jeffress and, you know, anybody on the right, they're always in favor of traditional values, by definition, seemingly, right? Like, that's the idea behind being a Republican. They're in favor of traditional values. And that means going backwards. They want to go backwards. They want to bring us back to a time when things were better. When were things better? When is that time? You got me. I guess before 1965, during the civil rights era, before the 70s, when women were not allowed to have credit cards. When? When was it better? In the 20s, when women were not even allowed to vote yet? I think that's when women gained the right to vote, isn't it? In the 1920s? When was it better? 
before slavery? Tell me. Give me a year, a specific year that you want to go back to. When were values better? It's just absurd from top to bottom. All of these people are absolutely absurd. The thing is, every generation that's born is more progressive than the last. They want more social victories than the one before them. People in the 1950s or people who were adults in the 1950s were happy with the the way things were at that moment, pretty much. People in the 1960s wanted a change. They wanted to desegregate society. They wanted blacks and whites only water fountains to disappear. And they succeeded in that. And the people that were happy with things in the 50s lost their minds. They were not happy about that. Some time goes by, women gain the right to have a credit card and rent a house on their own and be in the workforce. People weren't happy about that when it happened either. Every successive generation is better than the last. It's more progressive, more accepting than the previous one. And as a result, the previous generation, who lived in an era before these things were even an option, lose their collective minds over it. They get really upset when they find out that black people are allowed to drink from the same water fountain or swim in the same pool. I mean, look at Mr. Rogers. He famously did an episode where he dipped his feet in a, an inflatable swimming pool with the black mailman, and it was like a massive thing at the time. Every successive generation gets more progressive. It may feel bleak sometimes. It's really not as bleak as it feels. Every generation is better than the last. In 50 years, the things that you and I believe are going to be viewed as absolutely evil and disgusting. What will those things be, I wonder? I know at the very least, when I was younger, I called my dad handicapped because he was in a car accident and he was handicapped. I know at the very least that word is on its way to being deprecated, to being considered offensive. The word is disabled, not handicapped. But, you know, it wasn't then. It wasn't disabled when I was little. It was handicapped. That's the word you used. So that's one example of the euphemism treadmill. Words get deprecated and and more and more offensive as time goes on and fall out of favor and you get new replacement words that's just how it works boomers get all up in arms over this stuff a little toasty up in this piece new york city's heating system works very differently because a lot of the buildings in new york city are like over a hundred years old so This is before central heating and air existed, when a lot of them were built. Now, the one I'm in was built in 1980 or something, but it used the same basic plans for, like, heating and cooling as they did back then. New York City buildings all, generally, they they have pipes that go up through all the way from the bottom floor to the ceiling. And those pipes are connected to steam radiators. They basically heat steam with natural gas and the steam goes all the way through the pipes and into radiators in every single apartment and all the way up the pipes and you can either turn the radiator on or off there is no heat setting so they'll heat the radiators up and in every bill every apartment i've lived in in new york city so far they've kept the radiators so hot it's like 90 degrees in the house when it's 20 degrees outside you have to open the windows and stuff Of course, it was built that way intentionally because a lot of them were built during the Spanish flu. And the reason it was built that way during the Spanish flu is so that people could open their windows and get fresh air and still be warm. 
So anyways, yeah, kind of interesting. That means it's really hot in every apartment in New York City all winter, basically. And you have to turn your air conditioner on a lot of the time or open your window. So I opened my window. Next, we're going to talk about an evangelical Trump ally, Pastor Robert Jeffress, and his ridiculous failed prophecies. Give us 30 seconds, and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Telltale Channel. If you like what I do and you want to see me continue to do it, check out my Patreon. You can also check out my Telltale Unfiltered channel, Twitter, and Teespring. All links can be found in the description. the secularists, the humanists, to hijack our Constitution and pervert it into something our forefathers never intended. Thank God we have a president like Donald J. Trump who understands that. Dude, how do you get to the point where you are, uh, what, how old, 60-something-year-old man and your voice cracks like that? It's just absolutely perfect. Love it to death. If you don't know who this is, this is a guy named Robert Jeffress. He's an evangelical leader. He's not really like in the forefront or not really a visible person or not a visible televangelist, not as much as like Kenneth Copeland is, for example. But he's incredibly influential in this world. He made some election predictions that absolutely fell flat, and I am so here for it. It is deeply entertaining to look at all of his false election predictions, False election prophecies, even. Take it a step further. So I want to take a look at some of those, but before we do, I want to kind of establish who this guy is, if you're unfamiliar. I've covered him before. It's been, like, forever. So let's talk about some of his ideas, some of the things that he's coming to the table with. Check this out. This is from mid-June 2020. It was, uh, I don't know, six months, five months or so before the election took place. He was very much pro-Trump in the 2020 election. So keep that in mind as we continue on. Listen to what he had to say here. Here's the question. There are those that would say that the separation clause of the Constitution would mandate that all public discourse be totally secular. That's complete nonsense. The separation clause, as he calls it, is actually the First Amendment. That's what it is. It says, Congress shall make no law regulating religion or establishing religion, something like that. What is it? Let me look it up. I forget all of a sudden. It's um, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging freedom of speech or the press and so on and so forth. The important part is that first sentence there. Now, James Madison, to my knowledge, wrote that. And he worked with Thomas Jefferson and others to write the First Amendment or to write like the Constitution in general. James Madison, from my understanding, wrote a lot of it. The term separation of church and state came from a letter that Thomas Jefferson wrote to Danbury Baptist Church. There was a Calvinist denomination in Connecticut that established itself as a state church. Now, a lot of people came to America to escape the state church. It was like an Anglican church in England, the state church of England. People didn't want that when they came to America. 
So Danbury Baptist Church was unhappy with the fact that there was a state church set up in Connecticut, and they wrote a letter to Thomas Jefferson saying, is this legal? Is this constitutional? I thought you guys wrote a thing in that was going to keep, you know, church and state separate. That's what the point of the First Amendment was. Thomas Jefferson responds, yes, that was the point of the First Amendment. That is why we wrote it that way. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion. The idea is religion and government should be completely unconnected to each other. Completely. That was the goal, ultimately. And that term, separation of church and state, that's where that came from. was from the letters that Thomas Jefferson wrote to Danbury Baptist Church describing what he meant when he talked about all of this stuff in the First Amendment or when the Founding Fathers talked about it in the First Amendment. That was the idea. So this guy is saying... The Constitution would mandate that all public discourse be totally secular. That's not what anybody wants. It's not what anybody suggested or endorses. That's completely made up. Nobody wants all public discourse to be non-God related. No one ever said that. They have to build up this ridiculous straw man so they can easily knock it down. That's how this stuff works. So they can knock it down in front of an audience of eager listeners who have a, a real problem with atheists generally or with secularists or humanists or whatever you want to say. Nobody wants discourse to be entirely secular. Nobody. Literally not one person, okay? Let's listen to uh, Jeffress's response. That all public discourse be totally secular. Do you believe that the separation clause mandates secular discourse? Well, first of all, there is no separation clause. It doesn't appear anywhere in the Constitution. See, this is one of the common tricks. The fact that the word separation is not in the First Amendment, in his mind, means that there is no such thing as separation of church and state. Now, it was described succinctly by Thomas Jefferson in his letters to Danbury Baptist Church. The writers of the Constitution explained and described exactly what they wanted with separation of church and state. So there isn't a separation clause. It's actually called the establishment clause, not the separation clause. But he's pretending it's just not in there at all. Clause. It doesn't appear anywhere in the Constitution. There's no such thing as a separation of church and state in the Constitution. What the First Amendment says is Congress shall make no law regarding the establishment of religion or uh, the free or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. That's right. Which means government and religion must necessarily stay separate. It's a paradox that was created by this. If you allow religion into government, if you allow politicians to take their cues from religious people, I guess that's okay technically. But when they start pushing religious ideas or pushing religious laws on politicians or on, on our government or on the people, that is when you'd start violating separation of church and state. Now, technically, all it says is Congress shall make no laws establishing blah, blah, blah. But there are, are a litany of Supreme Court cases that came after that to expand upon it and describe exactly what was meant by that based on letters between various different people like Danbury Baptist and Thomas Jefferson 
and ideas put forward and all kinds of other things. So Supreme Court cases have established precedent about how this stuff is supposed to be treated. But Robert Jeffress naturally wants to ignore all of the case law, all of the precedent, all of the letters, all of the legal understandings that come along with this. Because if he doesn't ignore that stuff, he would have to acknowledge that this is a country that was built on secular values. Thereof. Our forefathers came from another country where there was a state-imposed church where people were forced to worship. They wanted no part of that. They said, we're not going to allow government to establish a state church and coerce people to worship in it. That's all it says. Uh, no, it says it will make no laws regarding religion. I have it right here. So make no laws respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the exercise thereof. Now, specifically, I suppose you could interpret it that way, technically, but there's a ton of case law and a ton of paperwork, a ton of letters establishing exactly what they meant by the people who wrote it. So that isn't actually what they meant when they wrote that. We know it because they said what they meant. So if, I mean, you can take your backwards interpretation if you want, but that's not what was intended by it. Supreme Court justices, sometimes, usually the conservative ones, fancy themselves originalists. Like, I think Kavanaugh considers himself what's called an originalist. So he will interpret the Constitution the way that he believes the original writers intended it to be interpreted. Now, that's ridiculous. This is a completely different world now than it was then. There's no reason to do that. But okay, he's going to interpret it in the way that it was originally intended to be interpreted, right? If we do that for the First Amendment, which is exactly what they did, then we would arrive at a separation of church and state as understood by secular humanists. Honestly, we don't even need to reinterpret the Constitution. We don't need to send it through the court systems, even though it's already been through, because we already have their interpretations on paper. We know what they meant when they wrote this stuff. It says it has nothing to say about Ten Commandment displays in schools, nativity scenes in the public squares, or prayers at the graduation in 1980. What he's listing there are government officials acting as representatives of the government pushing a religion on other people. Public squares and schools and uh, teachers, these are all representatives of the government. And as representatives of the government, they're not allowed to favor one religion over another. That is the point here. By favoring Christianity over Islam or Sikhs or Buddhists or whatever, they're effectively establishing a state religion or they are endorsing a state religion as state representatives. That's a problem. That's unconstitutional. This has been litigated a thousand times over. But he, does, he wants a state religion. That's the thing. He wants Christianity to be the state church. Our prayers at the graduation. In 1980, the Supreme Court in Stone versus Graham said, you can no longer display the Ten Commandments in a Kentucky school. Can't even display them, much less teach them. Yeah, yeah. Why would you display and or teach the Ten Commandments in a school? These are representatives of the government, okay? Teachers, principals, all these people are state employees. They're state employees. And 
you're telling me you want state employees to teach a religious symbol for one very specific religion. How would he feel if teachers were going around teaching the Quran to students or the Bhagavad Gita or any of the other holy books or, or texts or whatever? How would he feel then? He'd be really, really unhappy with that, right? Understandably so. You can't favor one religion over another. But in his mind, that, that's what he's going for. He wants a theocracy. And is this even true anyway? He said 1881, Stone versus something. Is that true? I mean, don't trust a word out of the guy's mouth without looking it up yourself. I don't trust anything he says. Display them, much less teach them. What's interesting, Clark, is 118 years before that, a similar case came before the Supreme Court of whether the Bible could be read in school. And the Supreme Court said unanimously, and I'm quoting, why may not the Bible, especially the New Testament, be taught as God's revelation? Where can the principles of morality be so clearly found than the New Testament? Now, that was the... Okay, so he said 118 years earlier. He didn't give us a, an actual year. He didn't give us a case name or, or, or anything. He didn't give us anything to go off of. He said he was quoting, and it was unanimous. Is this true? I mean, at the very beginning of this, he said there's no such thing as a separation of church and state. And that's very clearly a blatant, bald-faced lie. Everybody who has read the Constitution understands what separation of church and state is. It is in the first sentence. Does it use a specific words? No. That's a colloquial term that we use to refer to the Establishment Clause. So he's not above lying, just blatantly flat out lying so don't trust a word out of his mouth now that was the supreme court 118 years earlier and every time i'm on fox debating some of these pinheads from the aclu dude the aclu is such an honest organization what is wrong with him i asked them the question i say now tell me why is it in the mid-1800s you could read and teach the New Testament, but suddenly the Supreme Court decides 118 years later that you can't even post the Ten Commandments? It was a mistake for them to teach the Bible in schools at any point. It was a mistake for teachers to mandate that children pray. That was the establishment of a church by a government representative. It was a mistake, according to the Constitution. And he knows that. He knows exactly why. You can't tell me he hasn't looked through all these cases and studied them and tried to understand why these decisions were made. He just doesn't like them because he wants to establish a state church, a theocracy. What changed? Did the Constitution change and nobody told us about it? Of course not. The Constitution hasn't changed, but what has changed is this. We have allowed the atheists, the secularists, the humanists to hijack our Constitution and pervert it into something our forefathers never intended. That's what the problem is. Okay, well, he can say that all he wants, but the Founding Fathers wanted a secular government. That's why there isn't a single reference to God to be found anywhere in the entire Constitution. The only real references to God in the Declaration of Independence were to point out that our rights were granted to us by somebody other than government. Government didn't grant them. Government can't take them away was the idea. That's why they mentioned God in the first place. Most of the Founding Fathers were secular 
or deists to some degree. Now, people like Robert Jeffress will come along and make bizarre, ridiculous claims about the Founding Fathers, like 29 of the 56 signers of the Constitution had seminary degrees or were preachers. That's just not true. That's a flat-out, bald-faced lie. Again, I'm going to talk about that in another clip by Robin Bullock. It's a story about Robin Bullock that comes out this week. But it's just a lie. It's just flat-out, plain lie. There was one signer of the Constitution that had any kind of a seminary degree. One. These people are not above lying to get their way. Never have been. And again, this guy's a massive Trump ally. Well, keep listening to what he says here. I'm going to say this, and it may cost me some book sales, but I'm going to say it anyway. Oh, yeah. Book, I bet. You're going to suffer badly, right? He's about to endorse Trump, by the way. Yeah, that's totally a good way to lose support by endorsing Donald Trump in front of an audience of religious fanatics. Such a martyr, this guy, huh? He does the hard things because nobody else will. Thank God we have a president like Donald J. Trump who understands that. Just uh, obnoxious and ridiculous on so many levels. And again, I wish I could make my voice crack like that. I feel like I could be a really good singer if I could crack my voice at will like that. Anyway, that's Robert Jeffress. He's had a lot of weird things to say in the past. Check this one out. Early March 2021. I think this is an appearance he did on Jim Baker's TV show. Listen to what he had to say on here. This one is about work, about how he feels about going to work and what heaven is like. Give it a listen. We're also going to work in heaven. Now, that may even sound more like hell to some people, you know, working in heaven. But remember, God created us to be workers. Work was a gift from God before the fall of Adam and Eve. Work was a gift for people before the fall of Adam and Eve? What was Adam and Eve's job other than naming the animals? Isn't that just like their only job they're supposed to do? God meant for us to find fulfillment in our work. He's a worker. He created us to be workers. But in heaven, the new heaven and the new earth, all of the things that drain the joy out of our work, bodies that grow tired, strained relationships, government regulations, all those things will be removed. Okay, that's an interesting one. Government regulation. He thinks that McDonald's employees are pissed off about government regulation. That's what's really sticking in their craw in this guy's mind. This guy's never worked a day in his life, has he? Sure, he shows up and gives people his thoughts and then goes home at the end of the day, sits down, pours himself a stiff drink, relaxes with his wife. Is that really working? I mean, I, I guess to some degree it probably is. But he has no idea what it's like to go to a building every single day and work under people who don't respect you at all, who laugh at you, make fun of you, give you a hard time, put you in positions that you don't want to work, like working in the kitchen at Burger King, having to make burgers, making 100 burgers an hour for people. It's the exact same thing. You know, lay the bun down, lay the meat down, put mayonnaise on the top of the bun, lettuce, tomato, onion, cheese, pickles, put the bun on top, fold it over, slide it out. Do the exact same thing over and over and over and over and over again until the word pickle stops sounding like the English language anymore. Has he ever done that? 
Does he know what that experience is like? Dealing with a boss that refuses to give you a pay raise or gives you a raise that barely matches inflation. And then you go home at the end of the day and get a check that isn't even enough to pay your rent. Does he know what that's like? He has no idea, no idea what any of this stuff is like. He doesn't know what it's like to have to work at Burger King and IHOP simultaneously. This is a real story that happened to me. I went to Burger King and I worked for six hours and then I went to IHOP directly across the street and I worked for another six hours and halfway through my shift, we found maggots crawling out of the prep sink. I mean, this is the sink that we like clean meat in and stuff because the general manager was not bringing people in like once a week or once every couple of weeks to clean things, you know, to clean up the molds, to empty out the fridges, to do deep cleans like that. This is a real thing that really happened. And I wrote a letter to him saying that I would be willing to come in on like the weekend to clean this out, to help out. And he fired me. I got so sick of seeing those buildings. I would rather cut my arm off with a rusty saw than sat one foot in those buildings again. And it wasn't because of government regulation. It wasn't because my body was wearing out because it was tired. It was because it sucked. It's miserable. There's absolutely no respect, zero respect for you when you're in that type of position. You are running back and forth, working your off for eight hours straight. It's miserable. He has no clue what he's talking about. So, yeah, I I couldn't possibly care less about government regulation. Okay, so now we're about to get into his predictions for what would happen if Biden won. So this is mid-June 2020. This is about five months before Donald Trump lost the 2020 election, right? And he's about to lay some predictions on us about what he believed would happen if Biden won the presidency. Check this out. I mean, once the left, if they succeed, they don't only want to dismantle our current police, they want to replace our current police with the thought police. The left wants to replace the current police with the thought police, okay? Like T-H-O-T, the thought police? Are we talking about the same thing here? Thought police who go around patrolling every thought Mm. that they find objectionable. and Okay, um... Patrolling every thought. Does he think that we have mind reading technology here? Does he think we have those little things that you like beam into people's heads that can like give us a a printout of everything that's going through their mind at any given moment? No, he's fear mongering is what he's doing. He's trying to scare the shit out of his audience to the best of his ability. He's trying to make them believe that the world is going to come to a complete stop if Biden wins the election. That is the nature of of Fox News. This is Fox business, but close enough. And if the left ever gains control of this country again, I predict it's going to be like the French Revolution. It's going to be bring out the guillotines and execute every thought they object to and every person who holds every thought that they object to. Okay, wow, that's pretty specific. So we've been uh, in this world, quote unquote, where the left has been in power for A couple of years, three years now, right? Not seen any guillotines. What an odd thing for him to have said. You ever notice how nobody ever pulls up these old clips, though, and plays them for you? Ever notice how he just straight up got away with that? 
This is never going to be covered by like mainstream media. No one's ever going to bring this out and point it out and say, look, this dude just straight up lied. This is ridiculous. He knew this wasn't going to happen. And he came out here and used it to scare the shit out of his audience anyways. That is what this guy does. He's one of Trump's biggest allies historically. I, I think he's kind of backed off of Trump recently because he believes that the president is established by God. So whoever the president is, they are there because God put them there. And when Trump lost the election, he very controversially said that Biden was the president, he won, and that God put him there, and we need to respect that he's the president. But on the other hand, he did come out and say that he would support Trump in 2024. So, or I'm sorry, let me correct. He said he would support Trump if he was the nominee in 2024. He's not actually come out and endorsed him as the nominee yet. So we'll see what happens. That they object to. That is why what happens in November is so crucial. The future of our nation is at stake here. It is indeed. And that's why so much also. No, it isn't. Concurrently, uh, we need to rid ourselves of the political corruption that is uh, reaching through our government now, still. Uh, and totally agreed. But I would be willing to bet they don't agree on what the political corruption is or who the source of it is. Spygate is not over until the accountability of all who uh, who wage war on this president. Uh, are- Spygate? What? What's all this Spygate stuff? Wait, okay, I'm trying to remember. Wasn't there some bizarre right-wing conspiracy theory about, like, the left spying on Donald Trump or something like that in 2020 or 2019-something? I don't even remember now, but just just goes to show you, they'll come up with any ridiculous conspiracy they can to scare their audience half to death. It's all about fear, uncertainty, and doubt. FUD is what it's called. Fear, uncertainty, and doubt. You need to foster those emotions in your listening audience. And if you can, you can just about guarantee that they'll come back to you for more because it's like an adrenaline rush. Anyway, this is just one example. I have a billion examples of this guy just flat out, blatantly, bald faced, lying to the audience, scaring them, doing everything he can to freak them out and make them believe that some monstrous thing is ahead if Biden takes the presidency. Not only that, but I have an even older one of Robert Jeffress talking about something from, this one is from 2018. 2018, okay? I mean, I, I wasn't actually planning on playing this one, but I might as well bring it up since we're talking about fear, uncertainty, and doubt. I don't know if you guys remember this. A lot of you may not because it was so long ago, but there was this supposed caravan of immigrants coming from South and Central America and they were like on their way to the US and it was a huge crisis in 2018 oh my god they're coming here and there are terrorists mixed in with them and they're going to try to cross the border illegally and all this other nonsense it was complete garbage the moment the election was over it completely faded away it disappeared nobody heard a word about it Listen to what Jeffress and Lou Dobbs had to say about that. Again, late October 2018, the election was within a week of this clip, I think, or maybe two weeks. I want to ask you about Governor John Kasich saying uh, that that caravan, God intended that that caravan uh, be allowed to cross our border. John Kasich, why would John Kasich, a Republican, say that? 
Again, they're just misquoting and lying about people about an, an event that wasn't even really happening. Uh, I'm paraphrasing him. I mean, but did, does God want that? I'm paraphrasing him, he says. I'm just, well, you know, I'm paraphrasing. A Republican is in favor of a caravan of immigrants crossing through into the United States, is what he said. He said, well, I'm paraphrasing a little bit. Yeah, I bet you are. Okay. No, look, God is the one who established borders. He is not a open borders kind of guy. Uh, look at Acts 17. God created the idea of nations, and to, ha to have nations, you have to have a border. And look, Lou, I got to be with the president today in the Oval Office, and by the way, he sends his greetings to the great Lou Dobbs. But oh, my God, this guy is just terrible. Anyways, the point is... This guy just flat out lies about things. He's been lying about things for a minimum of five years. That's how far back some of these clips go. And people aren't talking about this, man. They've let him get away with it. They just ignore it. It's like they totally forgot this happened. Can't let these people get away with it. We have to drag these clips out into the public. Show this stuff. Make people aware of this. They're flat out lying to people and getting away with it. Let me know what you think about it in the comments. Next, we're going to talk about Marjorie Taylor Greene's reputation being rehabilitated by the right. Let's talk about why she doesn't deserve it. Give us 30 seconds, and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Telltale Channel. If you like what I do and you want to see me continue to do it, check out my Patreon. You can also check out my Telltale Unfiltered channel, Twitter, and Teespring. All links can be found in the description. He was anonymous, but he seems to be completely for the good. He is seems to be totally on Trump's side, and he seems to be very high up and connected. This is Marjorie Taylor Greene from, I think, 2018, endorsing QAnon. And she is being rehabilitated by Fox News right now. So I wanted to talk about why we can't forget why her reputation was in the toilet in the first place. I want to talk about who she is and what she believes and the positions that she has endorsed historically so we don't forget exactly what kind of a person she is. This is Marjorie Taylor Greene about to enter a Fox News interview. Remember, she was banned from Fox News for years. I think this is the first one she's done in like a while, early January 2023. Hey guys, I'm getting ready to go on Howie Kurt's show this morning. We're at Fox News here in Washington, D.C. Sunday morning. Happy Sunday, everyone. Um, excited to talk about what we will be doing going forward and the crazy week we had for the speaker's race. So, talk to you soon. Yeah, um, this is a bad sign that they're trying to rehabilitate her image. I, it, it just We can't let that happen. We have to remember exactly who she is. This is one example of a conversation that she had during this interview. Again, this is early January 2023 when this interview happened. I mean, so after you were right. elected, that was raw politics. Mm -hmm. But in fairness, didn't you also say around that period that you had been a follower of QAnon conspiracy theories and you had rethought this? And you She did, as a matter of fact. She did say she was a follower of QAnon. 
and you had rethought this and you were no longer uh, influenced by the group? Well, like a lot of people today, I had easily gotten sucked into some things I'd seen on the internet, um, but that was dealt with quickly early on. I never campaigned on those things. That was not something I believed in. That's mm -hmm. not what I ran for Congress on. So those are so far in the past. All right. Um, you tweeted. You know, okay, great, fine. But here's my real issue here. QAnon is a Nazi cult rebranded. I'm dead serious when I say that. Let me tell you exactly why I say that, too. Between 1902 and 1905, there's a document that surfaced. It appeared out of the ether and was published in newspapers around Tsarist Russia. The title of the documents, there were, I think, 27 of them or 25, I don't know. The title was Protocols of the Elders of Zion. That's what the documents were called. And they were just short little things like, I don't know, this long in a newspaper article. And like I said, there's somewhere in the 20s. I don't remember exactly how many now. The people who brought these documents to the attention of the newspapers claimed to have found them on dead Jewish soldiers. And they said that they were the Jews' plan for world domination. Now, it, it was completely made up, completely fabricated. There never were elders of Zion. There never was a plan for world domination. There, it was all made up, all of it. It was all compiled into a book in 1905 by a guy named Sergei something or other. I forget his full name. This is it right here. Protocols of the Elders of Zion. It was compiled into a book titled Protocols of the Meetings of the Learned Elders of Zion. And if you go through and read it, you'll find that it's the plan for world domination that is described in this book is exactly the plan that evangelicals have laid out in the Seven Mountains Mandate or Seven Mountains Dominionism. Like Lance Walnaw, Kenneth Copeland, uh, Johnny Enlow, a bunch of these people, a bunch of these really high up televangelists have the stated goal of taking over these seven areas of society, you know, military, economy, so on and so forth. If they can take control of leadership positions in those seven areas of society, education and, and blah, 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 then they can turn this into a Jewish country. That was the idea stated in this Protocols of the Elders of Zion book or whatever. And that is the exact stated goal of televangelists now. You know what else is in this book? They say they're going to promote Darwinism and Marxism to try to destroy society. Darwinism and Marxism are delightfully destructive forces on society. That's what this says. No joke. Interestingly enough, this whole thing, the, all the protocols here, were straight up plagiarized word for word in some cases from an 18... 74, I think, 1874 book or 1854 book written in France that had absolutely nothing to do with Jews. It was a satire book. So this whole thing was plagiarized and then pinned on Jews as though they were trying to ruin everybody's life. The whole thing is absurd top to bottom. But televangelists in large part have taken these ideas and made them their own. I mean, openly stated, this isn't something that I'm making up. This is Lance Walnut, close friend of Kenneth Copeland on Kenneth Copeland's network, explaining the plan laid out in the Protocols of the Elders of Zion, written in like 1902 
by like anti-Semitic people trying to destroy the reputation of the Jews. Dead serious. The population are evangelical born-again Christians that are inclined to go towards Pentecostal language. I mean, we're really out there. 30% against 3%, but they neutralize the church because they're also in religion. They've changed the definition of marriage, so they've taken over family. They've totally taken over academia, so the education institutions are teaching leftist theology or leftist ideology and silencing uh, conservatives. They're controlling government right now. They've taken over legacy media, Hollywood, entertainment, and, uh, and arts, and uh, now they've got Wall Street. Those are the seven mountains described in the protocols of the elders of Zion. I'm not joking. Dead serious. This is straight from 1902 Tsarist Russia. This is like anti-Semitic propaganda. And, and Lance Walna is describing how he wants to take this plan over and use it to establish a Christian nationalist state. They, it's like somebody read the protocols of the elders of Zion, this anti-Semitic propaganda from the 1900s. And they're like, yeah, I'll have some of that. That sounds fantastic. So how does this relate to Marjorie Taylor Greene, I hear you asking? QAnon took all the ideas that you read from this document, Protocols of the Elders of Zion, and started believing it all again. The claim that, you know, people are drinking adrenochrome or, or getting kids and drinking their blood to get the adrenochrome out or whatever. Protocols of the Elders of Zion, straight from this book. It is rebranded Nazi propaganda. QAnon is a rebranded Nazi cult. I'm dead serious. I mean, if you read this book, it will blow you away with the similarities between QAnon and with the evangelical movement right now, with the Seven Mountains Dominionism movement particularly. It's like, the, it's like somebody read the Protocols of the Elders of Zion and started following it as a guide. I'm dead serious. So QAnon is an unacceptable option when it comes to congressmen. When, I, when we talk about people in positions of power, it's unacceptable to have a, 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 effectively a Nazi in control. Maybe she doesn't even realize that. Maybe she didn't realize that when she's getting into it. I don't know. I would venture to guess most QAnoners don't even realize that they're part of a rebranded Nazi cult. But that's what it is. And I'm sorry. I can't accept them being a part of our government. It's unacceptable to have that. So anyways, yeah, I, I'm, I get it. Okay, you were suckered by people on the internet. Fine. I don't care. Your head is in a place where you are willing to accept Nazi ideas, full-blown Nazi ideas about elites, like, you know, drinking blood and stuff. That's an unacceptable situation. I, uh, as far as I'm concerned, she's, she should be disqualified from government forever for endorsing an idea like that. And trust me, she most definitely did endorse that idea. 2018, listen to this. Um, the fact, because we see all these, all these sealed federal indictments and we're seeing all these other things happen and there's sources like, he's anonymous, Q is anonymous, but- Q is fake. It was pretend. Are you as a, an, an elected official really so gullible? that you bought this garbage. How is she not so embarrassed that she can't show her face in public ever again? How is that the case? 
he seems to be completely for the good. He is seems to be totally on Trump's side, and he seems to be very high up and connected. So because of those things, I'm becoming more hopeful, and I'm not being as pessimistic, and I'm trying to stop saying it's never going to happen because I really think it might happen. Um, so I'm very excited about that. Now, there's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to take this global cable of Satan worshiping Cabal. The word is cabal. And again, that's a prime example of anti-Semitism. She may not have even realized this at the time, but the or, the origin of the word cabal is Kabbalah. That's like the, the root word. Kabbalah is a an ancient Jewish tradition of mysticism or whatever. This cabal talk about like a, a group of elites at the top that are pulling strings like puppet masters, even the word they use to describe this group of elites, cabal, is anti-Semitic. Does she not realize that? I don't know. But everything that she says, everything she says routes right back to the Protocols of the Elders of Zion. This document written in 1902 to slander Jewish people. It all routes back to Nazi propaganda, whether she knows that or not. It's irrelevant to me. She disqualified her right to be in a position of authority in the U.S. government, in my opinion. And worshiping files out. And I think we have the president to do it. And so I'm very excited about that. It's all straight from the protocols of the elders of Zion, like everything that she just mentioned, all of it. And here we sit with Fox News once again rehabilitating her image. She had a couple of other interesting answers on this Fox News interview she did, though. Listen to the question they ask her next. Did object on January 6th, and he's been a top target of the Democrats and the January 6th so committee. So do you believe that Joe Biden is a legitimately elected president? Of course Joe Biden's the president. That's always a silly question. It would be a silly question if it wasn't something that you explicitly denounced and denied like eight months earlier or something like that. Mid-August 2021. Joe Biden, you're not a president. You're a piece of... Wow. Uh, ouch. That one kind of came back to bite you, didn't it? God, you know, I got a buddy back in West Virginia. We've been friends for 15 years or something like that since, like... I, I think I actually met him, like, when I was, got, you know, getting into drugs. I finally got clean. He and I are both clean now and every time he came over we would just he'd come over and we would sit and play super smash bros together or smash ultimate or whatever and inevitably the conversation would always come back to his absolutely insufferable terrible ex amy she was the worst in every way she didn't take care of her kids at all they were taken care of by the dad who is related to me. And despite that fact, Amy sued the dad for child support, despite the fact that the kids lived with him, had a primary address, and went to school in his district at his house. She still sued him for child support, and she won. She got child support from his... She is the definition of bloodsucker. She will suck you dry of every penny you have, of everything you own. God, she's terrible. We'd sit there and just talk about her constantly for like hours, he and I would. She was actually addicted to stuff to such a degree that she was actually in a documentary, like uh, 
you know, a, a drug use documentary years ago. I don't know which one it was, and I wouldn't mention it anyways because I don't want to identify her directly. It could tie back to me, but you know, I, every family's got an Amy. Every family has an Amy, right? And I feel like Marjorie Taylor Greene is the Amy of this family. It feels like, I mean, God, she even looks a little bit like Amy. Ugh, Jesus Christ on a cracker. Anyway, okay, enough about Amy. You know, this is probably something Amy would say, too. Joe Biden, you're not a president. You're a piece of shit. It's just, it's just bad, dude. Point is, she's hypocritical to the core. Always has been. Makes fun of the idea that she would deny that Joe Biden is the president. When, in fact, she blatantly stated openly that he's not the president, that he's just a piece of shit. Like, come on. Come on. Here's another example of why Marjorie Taylor Greene's reputation does not deserve to be rehabilitated. This one is from, wait, I don't, I don't know when this one is from, but this is a conversation she had with Steve Bannon a while back on the virus, on COVID. Listen to this. These are bioweapons. There's no other reason to create a virus that, that makes people sick, spreads so quick, and kills people. There's okay, that's not what happened, first of all. Yeah, bioweapons are illegal, and bioweapon research has been internationally illegal for, like, a really, really long time. Nobody created a bioweapon intentionally to try to hurt people. It's just nonsense. No other intent, but it's a bioweapon. And then our American... You don't buy... Hold on. You don't... You, hang on. You don't, buy the, you don't buy the argument that say, hey, the gain of function is all because... Dude, you know what bothers the hell out of me? I can't stand it when a host just repeats the exact same word over and over and over again to try to get the word out. Like, you don't buy that. You don't buy that. You don't buy it. Just keeps on going like a broken record. Drives me nuts. I get that's like the way that you need to fit a question in, but it's really, really obnoxious and annoying. Hang on. You don't buy that. You don't buy the argument that say hey, the gain of function is all because we've got to take these viruses and we got to power them up to look for vaccines and to look for other solutions in case somehow they, they, they come up with this. You don't buy You don't buy the logic of that. Is that what you're saying? That's actually accurate. That's how we do research on viruses. I mean, they've been doing this with the flu virus forever. They've been trying to you have to do a bunch of different things to these viruses to see which direction they will go, to see which direction they'll evolve, basically, so that you can create a vaccine for the following year's flu virus, for example. And that's that would be a really good justification for gain-of-function research on a coronavirus, for example. No, I don't buy it because I don't believe in evolution. Oh, okay, just going to deny science then. But I... <laughs> Guess I didn't see that one coming. I don't believe in, in that type of so-called science. I don't believe in evolution. I believe in God. And there's these viruses were not making people sick until they created them. Okay, that's completely inaccurate. She's building her whole life philosophy off of the idea that the lab in Wuhan created the virus and then either leaked it by accident or intentionally released it into the wild. That's complete nonsense. There's no evidence of that. This is the lab leak theory. And it was explored by credible people who wanted to know if this is actually what happened or not. And to my knowledge, at this moment, it was determined that, no, that's not what happened. According to credible sources, 
Reuters, AP News, the White House, you know, other governments, not just the U.S. government, but the Canadian government, European governments of various sorts, they have determined that this is not leaked from a lab. Now, if it turns out we get more evidence in the future to point to that fact maybe being true, that doesn't make her any more correct. Just because she took a shot in the dark doesn't mean she was right to take that shot in the dark. It doesn't mean that she was right all along. It's like conspiracy theorists claiming whatever nonsense they claim. You know, JFK was actually killed by like a second shooter or something. And then it turns out we get some evidence that there was a second guy there. Like we don't have that evidence. But hypothetically speaking, let's say that we did get that evidence. You were not justified in assuming that before the evidence came forward. Just because you're right by chance doesn't mean you should take more shots in the dark. Like, if Marjorie Taylor Greene just so happened to be correct that this leaked from a lab, she's not. But if she was, it doesn't justify her original assumption. She didn't have the evidence to say that at the time. Like, right now, she doesn't have the evidence to say that. No reason to think it leaked from a lab. Also, no reason to think that... God created the the virus or what's she even saying here exactly is we're not making people sick until they created them and made them into weaponize these viruses to be able to attach to to our cells and make us sick this has caused so many people to die all over the world this is a oh so she's saying that the people at the lab created it that god didn't create it but the people at the lab created it well how do you think that somebody would go about doing that in the first place through forced evolution there's no logic to be found here none Many people to die all over the world this is a bioweapon you can no it isn't you can call it people can call it whatever they can for research and to create um you know vaccinations but there's no need for a vaccine if the virus doesn't make the human population sick to begin with i just want yeah, but that's the thing. It might. It might make the human population sick. The only hang-up is the fact that she doesn't want to accept that. It, it, so all diseases that exist are the only diseases that will ever exist, is what she's saying, basically. There's no such thing as evolution. Things do not change like that. So either nothing will ever like evolve into like a new illness, or... It will only exist because it was created by somebody intentionally to hurt others. Just complete nonsense, dude. Where did the Spanish flu come from? Where did HIV come from? Where did the Black Plague come from? They didn't have technology to create bioweapons back during Black Plague times, did they? They didn't even understand germs at the time, did they? If they understood how, like, germs work and spread, they could have prevented a lot of the deaths from the Black Plague, right? Like, she's not even using the most basic logical deduction here. I just want to make sure I understand this. You're opposed to the gain of function, which power up these viruses that are found in nature. I just want to make sure I understand that. Correct? Yes, that is that is exactly right. I'm not opposed to research, of course. No, no, he's trying to couch this as like a more reasonable position when it's absolutely absurd. She should be nowhere near a position of power. Nowhere near it. And, you know, honestly, I haven't even covered the craziest stuff from her. But check this one out. This is mid-May 2022. This is Marjorie Taylor Greene defending insurrectionists and seditionists against the U.S. government. 
with her fellow congressman, Louis Gohmert. I think he's a congressman. I guess he, he's not a senator. He must be a congressman. ...to match them. We have been denied the ability to go back and have a tour. We've been denied uh, even a phone call and an answer back. So that's why we're here today at her office to say you need to give us a visit. You owe this to all of the people that we represent across the country. And, and then this city needs cleaned up. There's homeless people all over the city. Crime is out of control. And it has a jail that is, that is clearly clearly a dangerous place uh, for people to be because they're dying last week. And then these pretrial January 6th defendants are, are, have been held months on end uh, being abused as political prisoners of war by not only federal judges, uh, prosecutors. It's interesting that she called January 6th defendants political prisoners of war. They can only be considered prisoners of war if they believe themselves to be in opposition to the U.S. government, or if they're from, like, an enemy state. So have they declared themselves to be, like, enemies of the U.S. government and members of an enemy nation? If that's true, okay, great. Yeah, fine. D define them as prisoners of war, enemies of the state, and charge them with treason against the U.S. government, not just sedition, but treason. Charge Marjorie Taylor Greene with treason. She is aiding and abetting traitors to the United States government. Or aiding and abetting, what's the definition of uh, treason? Article 3, Section 3, Clause 1. Treason against the U.S. shall consist only in levying war against them or in adhering to their enemies, giving them aid and comfort. So Marjorie Taylor Greene seems to believe that the January 6th defendants are you know, levying war against the U.S. government, that they're enemies of the U.S. government, right? And she's giving them aid and comfort. Charge Marjorie Taylor Greene with treason. In her own words, she is a traitor. I am I misinterpreting? This is just the tip of the iceberg, dude. I could go on for hours. Mid-May 2021. Remember earlier I mentioned that she was basically in a rebranded Nazi cult with QAnon? Listen to this one. Congresswoman, I've got to play you this. this. is about 20 seconds or so. This is Nancy Pelosi today literally talking about this idea of segregating, segregation, like literally putting unvaccinated House members in a different area. Have a look at this. This woman is mentally ill. You know, we can look back in a time in history where people were told to wear a gold star and they were definitely treated like second class citizens, so much so that they were put in trains and taken to gas chambers and she believes herself to be like one of those people. She thinks that her plight of sitting in a separate section because she's spreading disease to everybody else is something like being put in a train, stripped naked, separated from your family, and brought to gas chambers? Really? What did I say earlier about an, a rebranded Nazi cult? That is exactly what QAnon is, and she seems to be embracing that at this point. In complete fairness, she did come out later, I, I think a couple of weeks later, and apologize for her comparison between, you know, anti-vaxxers and members of the Jewish community and how they were treated during the Holocaust. So there's that, I suppose. I wanted to say that I know that words that I've stated were hurtful, and, and for that, I am very sorry. There is no comparison to the Holocaust, and there never should be, and that's what I'm sorry for. 
So there's that, I suppose. You know, did the Jewish community accept her apology? Probably not, because she's done enough damage in so many other ways through anti-Semitism, through basically being a member of a rebranded Nazi cult in the first place, through QAnon. I mean, it's the damage she does to society is constant and absolutely without excuse. We cannot allow Fox News to rehabilitate her reputation like they appear to be attempting right now. Let me know what you think about it. And tell me if you know of any other specific instances of Marjorie Taylor Greene acting absolutely monstrous in the comments. You don't have to link anything to me, but tell me which event really did it for you with Marjorie Taylor Greene. Next, we're going to talk about poor fools like Michelle Bachman and Trumpist pastor Todd Coconato facilitating each other's descent into madness. Give us 30 seconds and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Telltale Channel. If you like what I do and you want to see me continue to do it, check out my Patreon. You can also check out my Telltale Unfiltered channel, Twitter, and Teespring. All links can be found in the description. And, and they're going to try to stop Mike Lindell's <clears throat> symposium, which he's offering $5 million to anybody who can prove him wrong on the movie the, uh, that he has made absolute proof. Who is they? Anybody that says it's been debunked and no evidence is part of the group that participated in it. This is surprisingly... A U.S. general talking right now. General McKinnerney is, is his name. And uh, he's actually famous for doing something a little bit unethical. He's been retired for a while, but yeah, probably not the best thing he did. But at the end of his Wikipedia article here, in 2008, it was revealed that the Pentagon under the Bush administration supplied McKinnerney with talking points to use in his commentary on Fox News when he was supporting the Iraq war. So this guy is most definitely not above agreeing to be supplied with talking points when he goes on his public appearances and stuff. That's probably the source of a lot of his really, really nutty stuff. But honestly, it's deeply disturbing to think that a U.S. general, U.S. general, I mean, not active, but still, is repeating election conspiracies and lies from Mike Lindell. He's endorsing Lindell, seriously. Now, the guy on the left here, his name is uh, Pastor Dave Scarlett. I'm not sure who the guy on the far right is. I I'm not super familiar with him, but yeah, the guy in the middle is General McInerney, and this whole thing is absolutely bizarre. In a minute, I want to listen to some of the other guests that this Dave Scarlett pastor guy has had on his show because they get even crazier if you can believe it listen to this entire thing though i just clipped a little segment of it but listen to like the context surrounding what general mckinney had to say the next few weeks are going to be potentially rough uh they're going to try to throw everything at us uh, try to shut down the internet try to mandate vaccine this is all QAnon conspiracy all the way back to August 2021. This is years ago. Years ago. Did any of this stuff ever happen at any point? Seriously. Mandate vaccine, passports, mask mandates, try to bring down the financial system, and more. 
It, what's the more? Please. I want more examples. Please tell me of more things that you believed were going to happen that never happened. Not any of that stuff, to my knowledge, ever happened. Now, I guess you could argue that maybe a vaccine mandate happened, but uh, not really, actually, because there was always a way out of that mandate. It's not a mandate if you don't have to get it. Yeah, you might have to take a weekly COVID test, but you don't have to be fired from your job in most cases as long as you take that weekly COVID test. Really, people were not being mandated to take the vaccine. It wasn't even an option between losing your job and getting vaccinated. You had another way out. Just take a test. They couldn't even handle that. Like these people live in a fantasy land 24-7. And we have a retired U.S. general on this show with these QAnoners. Dead serious. And you guys have heard that as well, correct? Yes. yes. And, and they're going to try to stop Mike Lindell's. Who is they? Please. I want to know who they is exactly. Is it like the Jews? Is it the cabal that pulls strings like puppet masters at the top? Who is it? Tell me who it is specifically. Mike Lindell's <clears throat> symposium, which he's offering $5 million to anybody who can prove him wrong. That's not how a burden of proof works. He has to prove him right. I don't have to prove him wrong. You can't prove a negative, okay? If I claim that there are no black swans in the earth, there's no way to know that for sure. Uh, maybe I couldn't cover every square inch of the planet. Maybe I didn't go to Marianas Trench or something. Maybe I couldn't swim all the way down in a submarine. Maybe they're aquatic ducks or swans or whatever. Who knows? Or hell, maybe I moved to Australia to search for them, and when I did that, they migrated to the U.S. You can't prove a negative. Mike Lindell has the responsibility to prove it to us. This is basic logic 101, and we have a retired U.S. general talking to a pastor making these arguments. It's insane. On the movie the, uh, that he has made absolute proof that shows how the Chinese Communist Party and the Russians uh, use cyber warfare. Uh, this is before the pro-Russia culture war started in earnest. Against the election system on the 3rd of November. Now, you know, everybody poo-poos that and say, well, that's been debunked and there's no evidence. Anybody that says it's been debunked and no evidence is part of the group that participated in it. Well, great. Give me the evidence then, if that's the case. I'll take anything. I just need the evidence, that's all. Isn't it weird that Lindell can never turn that evidence up? And actually, a lot of the evidence that he produced is fake, straight up fake. I went through the evidence on a video a while back on his website and pointed out like all of the lies and inconsistencies and screenshots that were faked that he had. It was insane, dude. So anyway, that's, um, that is General McKinnerney on... Pastor Dave Scarlett's show. So I wanted to look at a couple of other guests that Dave Scarlett had because he gets some absolutely unhinged people on sometimes. On the far right is Pastor Todd Coconato. We're going to listen to some more stuff from him. But for the moment, I want to listen to, what is this? The Honorable Michelle Bachman. Is that what her name says here? H-O-N dot Michelle Bachman. Okay, let's listen to The Honorable Michelle Bachman, whatever that means. Late December 2022. I was with uh, my, my two of my grandchildren this weekend, a six-year-old and a three-year-old, and I, I just was, felt compelled to talk to them about when we die, 
it's judgment. It's appointed right. unto man to loss and then the judgment. So what happens is at that moment, the decision is made, you're either going to heaven or you're going to hell. Right. We talked about what heaven is. And we talked about what hell is. That is this not childhood grooming? I mean, it's not grooming in the sense of taking advantage of somebody to exploit them in very certain specific ways. It's not like that. But grooming can also be used in the context of preparing them to believe something for political reasons or believe some religious thing or whatever other thing. Is that not what's happening right here? Is that not like the definition of what this is? Grooming kids? Am I wrong here? Please tell me if I'm wrong in the comments. Hell is just as real as heaven. And in hell, there's e eternal fires and damnation, and it's a real place. We do not want to go there. That's where the wicked will go. And then I explained how they don't go, that they receive Christ. They confess their sins. They receive the Lord. He cleanses them, and because of his righteousness, they go to heaven. And so my little granddaughter immediately started saying, I don't want to go to hell. I Get them early, and you'll have them for life. Christian extremists like Michelle Bach, I'm sorry, the Honorable Michelle Bachman know this very well. This is like a fundamental piece of their belief system. You have to get them as young as humanly possible, and they'll never leave. They'll be donators to your church for the rest of their life. I want to go to I said, Bella, can I pray with you? Let's pray. Do you want to pray? Prayed, and we'll continue to speak to her about all of this. And I think, why miss an opportunity? Yeah. This is the moment to speak to our children, our grandchildren, our friends, our neighbors. Don't wait. Absolutely insane and sad. Those kids probably don't even have a chance. They don't have a chance at a normal life with a grandmother like the Honorable Michelle Bachman. If you're unfamiliar with her, by the way, she was a congressman from Iowa or Minnesota. I always get them mixed up. Uh, Minnesota. Yeah, she was a U.S. representative for Minnesota's 6th Congressional District. I was mixing her up with Joni Ernst, I think. She's got her own set of issues. So anyways, those are the types of people that this Pastor Dave Scarlet guy has on. So I'll tell you what, why don't we listen to what Pastor Todd Coconato has to say, shall we? Mid-December 2020. This is immediately after Donald Trump lost the election and we knew without a shadow of a doubt that he lost. This is right in the middle of Trump setting up the events that would unfold next, the January 6th attack. Listen to what uh, Coconato had to say here. You know, I wonder if Coconato was at the January 6th event. I would be surprised if he wasn't. He's God's choice, okay? He's the man that God chose, just like King Cyrus, just like others in the Bible that were, were also flawed people. David, King David was a flawed guy, come on. He's talking about Donald Trump. This is basically him describing, viewing him like a messiah. That's basically what we're listening to right now. He views Trump as a messiah. But God said he was a man after his heart. And I believe Donald Trump has become a man after God's heart because he's surrounded himself by people of God, wise counsel, godly counsel, some of my friends who literally speak to the president and give him godly counsel. And thank God for that. So we're standing with this president because he is the man that God chose for a time such as this. And the alternative is baby killing, Luciferian, demonic, agenda of darkness and communism and taking away our rights and taking away our freedoms and taking away our religious liberties.
My eyes are squinted within the width of a human hair right now. It does not get more unhinged and confusing than this. What the is happening right now? Demonic Luciferian what? This president because he is the man that God chose for a time such as this. And the alternative is baby killing, Luciferian, demonic agenda of... Jesus Christ on a cracker, dude. This guy is a true believer. Again, he's on this show with Michelle Bachman. That's pretty high up when you think about it. A U.S. congressman. He was on a show with a U.S. congressman. I mean, not anymore, but my God, dude, that is really high up. It's like super influential. Well, as it turns out, this guy stuck his foot in his mouth a while back. Or, I guess as he would say, it made a prediction, but that prediction fell flat. Listen to this clip. Uh, this is from around the same time period after Trump lost the election, but before Biden was inaugurated, I believe. Check this out. Back to the question, is Trump going to win? I think that as we pray, something happens. God responds. And when I ask the Lord, what should we do? Should we, should we stop praying? Should we accept our defeat and move on to the next thing? Sound advice. Yeah, it sounds like a good idea. Okay, so what did he say? He says, absolutely not. Opposite. Pray, pray, pray. Pray without ceasing. Be Wait, God told you to pray without ceasing is what you're saying? Well, if God received the message, why would anybody be praying? Are you trying to tell me that God, like, gets his power to do things through the worship of other people? What? Are you telling me the reason God hasn't saved African children from starving literally to death is because there aren't enough people praying for him to do it? Okay, that doesn't check out, but all right, I'm still listening. Pray without ceasing, believe, have faith, trust. So that's what I'm getting from God. And so that gives me encouragement in my spirit, because if the Lord is saying that, that means it's not done. You see, you understand me, saints? That means it's... No, I don't. I don't understand. That means it's not done, because if it were done, then I think God would be telling me, you know what, just move on or you know, move on to the next thing. You've entered into a new season and everybody needs to be prepared for the persecution. Now, does that mean there won't be tough times ahead? No. Okay, it sounds like he's saying that he's not really hearing anything from God, right? And his assumption is since he's not hearing anything from God, like it's over, move on, that means that he believes that God wants him to continue praying and focusing in on this. You know, Greg Locke, Pastor Greg Locke, found himself in an interesting little quandary similar to this. He said, I'm going to keep getting more and more and more extreme until God tells me to cool off and back away. Until that time, I'm going to get as extreme as I possibly can. That's what Greg Locke said in his book, which I read on my Telltale Reads channel not too long ago. Only... He's never going to hear the voice of God telling him to chill out. Because if God is there, he's certainly not in Greg Locke's ear, of all people. He's certainly not in Todd Coconato's ear. He is most definitely not giving these people messages, of all people. So they're just going to continue getting more extreme. They're going to continue assuming that God wants them to fight this battle. That's the problem. This reveals what they really wanted, right? Do they hear the voice of God? No. And they know they don't. They know they've never heard the voice of God. So they come up with a situation where they can plausibly excuse their 
disgusting behavior, fighting an election, fighting and arguing and claiming that the election was stolen and all that, that they can excuse that bad behavior by claiming God hasn't told me not to do this. I assume that means he wants me to do it. Clever, clever. Keep listening. Tough times ahead? No. Does that mean there won't be persecution? No. But what it means is simply this. He has not told me to stop praying. And be There it is. He has not told me to stop praying. Not he told me to continue praying as it was a minute ago. He said he has not told me to stop praying. He hasn't told me to give up on this election. So I'm going to assume God wants me to continue claiming that the election was fraudulent and all that other garbage. Because of that, I believe that he's moving on our behalf in some way, shape, or form. And I believe that this is a war that we're going to have to pray this through, pray this through until the very end here. But I do believe we're going to see God move on our behalf. And I think it's going to be such a miracle and sign and wonder. Now get this because this is important. Get this because this is important. Okay, he's about to tell something important. So he says we're going to experience signs, miracles, and wonders, right? This is 2020 when this came out, years ago. This is years old. So what he's about to do is he's going to lay a prophecy down on us. Keep listening. Get this because this is important. I believe it's going to be such a miracle sign and wonder as this takes place that the people that even the godless, even the atheists, are going to look and say, wow, look at the God that they serve. Look at the God that they serve. Because people are going to say it was impossible. They're going to say there was no way. There was, they're going to say, you know, absolutely not. It'll never happen. And then what God does when he moves, they're going to see and look and say, wow. And I believe it's going to bring people to salvation. Okay, wow. So even the godless are going to look at his God and say, wow, look at what his God did. That was incredible. I now have to acknowledge his God is incredible, but not that a God exists at all. I'm still an atheist. I'm just going to assume his God is incredible anyways. Absolutely absurd, dude, from top to bottom. Everything about this guy is absurd. How did he get to a point in his career where he's so high up that he shares a stage with a congressman a u.s congressman this is nuts dude so about six months after that you know clip came out todd coconato goes out there and starts making even more claims about the election at this point you'd think that god would say okay you can stop praying it's over it's over just give it up look i tried i'm not powerful enough to flip the election in favor of the guy that you know that I wanted because you prophesied that he would be the president. So, yeah, um, I told you to tell the world Trump would be president, but I wasn't powerful enough, guess not enough prayer or something. So, yeah, just leave it alone. I'm sorry I did my best. We'll just move on. No, apparently this guy decided to lay into this. He wanted to get more serious mid-May 2021, about six months later. They don't want voter ID because they know if there was voter ID, they'd lose. Who is they? Are they in the room with us right now, Todd? Just like they lost last time. Okay? Just like, and by the way, if a, if a pipeline can be hacked, you're telling me an election can't be hacked? Pipeline? What is he talking about, I hear you asking. I'm asking the same question.
I think around that time were primaries or no. I, I don't even know what was happening at the time. Like what pipeline could he possibly be referring to right now? I have no clue. Like what culture war issue did he get all wrapped up in in that moment? Come on. Come on, man. Come on, man. Rome is burning. While Rome is burning, well, you can't even go to the gas station right now and get gas. <laughs> but you're telling me, hey, just don't say anything controversial, Pastor Todd. Dude, this guy, there is nothing in his head but propaganda, nothing. And you know what? I feel like this is a good time to bring up M&Ms and Mars candy. I, I mean, this was like way before any of this happened. But right now, at this moment in time, there's a controversy going on with uh, with M&Ms. So I don't know, like a year ago or something, Tucker Carlson put an M&M on his TV uh, on his TV show that was wearing sneakers. And this M&M, the brown M&M, previously wore high heels. The gall, right? They changed them from high heels to sneakers. Disgusting of M&M branded candy. Mars, I think, is the company. Disgusting of Mars to put sneakers on their girl M&M instead of high heels. Can't even tell if it's a girl anymore. Absolutely evil stuff, right? I didn't really put that much thought into the gender of an M&M personally, but I guess Tucker does. Well, guess what Mars Candy's come out and done recently? Mars Candy released an all-women box of M&Ms or all-women bag or whatever of M&Ms. It's just the women's colors. I, don't, I think the brown is... A woman M&M, supposedly, and maybe purple? I don't know. And guess who's losing their mind over this? Once again, conservatives. You can't tell me that Mars didn't know exactly what they were doing. They saw all of the complete unraveling that took place when they changed their brown M&M's shoes from high heels to sneakers. They saw conservatives go completely unhinged completely nuts they they watched it happen right in front of their eyes i mean people you know getting right at, like gearing up for like domestic terrorist events because of the sneakers on an m&m that's like they took it so seriously and now they're releasing a women only bag of m&ms please they know what they're doing and i'm all for it hey if they really want to like get the attention of the right why not let them take advantage of this news cycle let them get one over on fox news and tucker and all of the other right-wing outlets like I, I love it i think it's hilarious they know how to work the right to get as much attention as they possibly can and it seems to be working for them but people like todd coconato fall for this garbage they troll these websites the Daily Mail and New York Post and even worse ones than that. I don't even know what the Washington Times, the Epic Times. There are a bunch of really ridiculous far right extremist news outlets out there that only exist to whip people into a blood frenzy. And that is exactly where he got that last piece of information. While Rome is burning, well, you can't even go to the gas station right now and get gas. You could actually go to a gas station and get gas at the time may 2021 gas was in fact available to people still this is just one more culture war issue that this guy 
got whipped into a blood frenzy over by these far-right supposed news networks like Tucker Carlson, Fox News, and all you know, all the ones I mentioned, maybe Washington Times, Epic Times, Daily Caller, I think is one. The Daily Wire, certainly, they do this kind of thing all the time. It's sad. It's sad. They got this guy wrapped around their pinky. They can convince him of absolutely anything. But you're telling me, hey, just don't say anything controversial, Pastor Todd. Don't say anything controversial. Be careful. Really? Well, that's how- No, nobody said that. Well, that's how we got to this mess that we're in right now, where they're calling guys, girls, and girls, guys. That's how we got to this mess. We're trying to shoot you with chemicals, tell you that you can't travel if you don't do it. Show me your papers. Vaccine passport. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? No, we were made for a time as this to take a stand. Nothing in the guy's head but propaganda. Nothing. That is all the guy consumes, and that's all that's on his mind 24-7. It is honestly really sad. It's really sad that people can be taken advantage of and bamboozled to this degree, this easily. And you have a believer for life. He will believe literally anything that Donald Trump tells him, anything that the Washington Times or the Epic Times or whoever else tells him, anything. They could tell him the rapture happened and he would believe it. It's nuts. Absolutely unhinged from reality. I, I don't use that term lightly here. He has lost his connection from reality at this point. You know, there's an article that came out recently about gas stoves where apparently when you turn on gas stoves, they leak methane and the methane byproduct into your house. And it's an early indicator of childhood asthma that people have gas stoves. They're actually really bad for your health. It's like living with a smoker. And what did we find when this news broke? We found tweets like this from a conservative bastion, I guess you could call it. Cat Turd is their name. They have a podcast or something. Dear liberals, I turned on all my gas stove eyes today and let them burn for no reason. And there's absolutely nothing you can do about it but cry. They are literally killing themselves faster to own the libs. They will prematurely end their own lives for some perceived victory over me. Like I give a shit if he turns his gas stove on. Like I care. Go nuts. I'm not crying. They live in a fantasy land where they're being persecuted 24-7. This is what Fox News has produced. This is what these news outlets have produced for people. It's nuts. I don't know. Let me know what you think about this in the comments. Tell me your favorite examples of absolute disconnection from reality from these people. Thank you guys for coming and giving this a listen, and I will talk to you next week. If you like what I do and you want to see me continue to do it, you can support me in a few ways. First, there's Patreon. That's probably the best way. But if you want to get something back for your support, you can check out my Teespring. I sell all kinds of shirts and coffee cups and stuff on there. You can also check out my other channels. I have a Telltale Unfiltered YouTube channel where I go through long-form videos like Kent Hovind's seminar series, Jehovah's Witnesses TV show, and televangelists prophesying about politics. And finally, you can check out my social media. If you have a question for me, the best way to ask it is to tweet it at me. I'm on 
on there all the time. So check it out. All links are in the description as always. Anyway, so that's all I've got for you. Thanks for listening.